Hey, welcome back to the show. Your parents watched this with uh, Key and Beattie and Brad Semituck. That's right. We're brought to you by Comedy Here Often, and we're here to tell you about why the movies your parents watched turned them into the way that they are. Yep. Fuck yeah, we are. What movie did we watch this week? We watched the extended version of, uh, fuck, what was the name of it? I forgot. Dawn uh, of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's called Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I watched the theatrical cut. Because uh, I could only find the extended cut available for free online. And uh, I'm jealous that you got to watch the theatrical cut, to be honest. I've watched the extended cut and there is it. There's no need for this movie to be any longer than it is. This movie needs to be about half hour shorter than it is, actually. How long uh, was your version? My version was it was like just over two hours. I think the extended version is like two twenty five or like two and a half hours. Yeah, mine was two and a half hours of this. Yeah, that's way too much of that. I didn't see your version, so I don't know what they added, but all I know is that in mine, there's like a lot of parts of the movie where there's just nobody talking and nothing happening. Apparently, like George A. Romero, he shot like hours and hours and hours and hours of like B-roll footage, like just like alternate shots, you know, different angles of like the same shit just to, so that he could like, I guess, change the tone of different scenes or whatever, because there was uh, there was supposed to be some uh, differences in like the ending and, you know, some script changes that they uh, ended up happening on the fly. But like, I don't know, man, a lot of the shit that he uh, a lot of the shots that he got were just like unnecessary for the extended version. I watched it like uh probably a year ago or so and 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 then i also watched the theatrical cut now and it's like you don't need any other shit to tell the same story like the story that they're telling also is barely a story like i'm gonna do a summary here right quick yeah okay so dawn of the dead is the 1978 sequel to night of the living dead directed by george a romero uh it follows a group of four zombie apocalypse survivors as they take shelter and hide in a shopping mall and that's the whole movie you're telling me that you needed to have a director's cut of that? <laughs> hey, you needed an extra half hour added on to the end of it? For what? No, bitch. You needed, like, a middle. You needed, like, a B-plot is what you actually needed in your extended cut. You needed anything else going on apart from uh, these guys just hanging out. Because that's what most of this movie is. Like, 90% of this movie is uh, uh, people hanging out at a mall. Well, this... It basically is the same plot as Paul Blart Mall Cop. Dude, you've said every movie is the same plot as Paul Blart Mall Cop, and this is the only time you've been correct in that assessment. I mean, all the other ones are, like, figuratively the same as Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> the essence of them. <laughs> this one's literally the exact same as Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yeah, this is a post-apocalyptic Paul Blart. Uh, instead of one man, it's four dudes. Yeah. Some guys take over the mall, and then he has to hide, and that is the movie. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, in Paul Blark, you know, like, there's way less stakes. In this one, it's much more live or die. There's zombies and all that stuff, but, like... Yeah, but they were terrorists in Paul Blark. Yeah, we had, like, a, the same sort of evasion with motorcycle bad guys at the end of this movie. Yeah, that's true. But, like, I was going to <laughs> say, Paul Blart has more story elements to go around the uh, picking people off one by one in a mall, uh, you know, uh, plot. Like, it, it had a man trying to, you know, get his daughter back and all that shit, and I assume that he uh, had to, you know, love himself or something. That was probably a part. 
Yeah, there was character development in Paul Blart. Most of what Dawn of the Dead is, is just looking at a guy's crosshairs as he snipes a zombie in the head. Two different movies made for two different types of movie fans. Yeah, no, our parents fucked up by watching this. Yeah, our parents watched this big time. Um, watched this, and it was a big mistake. <laughs> I will say though that the uh, beginning of this movie, it like uh, it introduces uh, you know your main characters. One of them works at like a news station. She's a broadcaster, and uh, their news station broadcasts in the middle of this apocalypse. I will say, dead on accurate to what news station broadcasts are in the middle of the apocalypse. <laughs> like it, it's. It's just like two talking head types, you know, fucking pundits on the screen. One's being like, hey, yeah, this zombie threat is a problem. We got to do something. And the other guy's like, I'm not convinced. Yeah. I don't think this is real. These zombies are going to fuck up the economy. That's what COVID news is already. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like when I watched this movie, like part of me originally, because I watched this before COVID for the first time, I was like, man, I don't think anybody would really be that dumb in like a zombie panic. Like, how can you not fucking see that it's a zombie threat? But now that we're in COVID and people are literally dying, everyone's coughing. People keep looking sick all the time. uh, We're just like, no, that shit's fake and masks don't work. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly what would happen in a zombie apocalypse. So, my man George A. Romero nailed that shit. Just having, like, political nonsense just being broadcasted, actual misinformation. Uh, the protagonist ends up, like, deciding she's fucking off when uh, she got into a beef with an exec who, like, had uh, fucking all the addresses of, like, safe zones that were, like, not even safe anymore. And he, she was like, take it down. And he's like, I'm leaving it up because of the ratings. And it's like, man. None of you guys are going to have jobs in three days. Everyone's going to be dead. Fuck the ratings, bro. It's the same thing everyone's doing now. Every time you bring up wearing masks or something, everyone's like, but what about the economy? And it's like, yeah, but what about not having enough people to make a new economy in 10 years? Yeah, exactly. They don't care about that. They care about, uh, you know, the fucking stock price of whatever right now. Amen, baby. That's why we're the greatest country in this fucking world. (laughs) Yeah, Canada. The uh, market, you know, whatever capital of the world. Stock market capital of the world. Yeah, the stock market having capital of the world. You guys guys have all heard heard of the the Calgary Calgary Stock Stock Exchange. Exchange. And the Edmonton World Trade Center. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) We've all eaten in the steakhouse located at the bottom floor of the Edmonton World Trade Center. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if this movie, like, taught people to believe in all that misinformation. I think I think part of the problem with a lot of these movies, like, in the 80s, where they're kind of, you know, tackling, like, society as a whole or whatever. It's like, and if they have any commentary on how dumb that society is, it's like, people look at that and they're like, oh, that's, like, how everyone else is. But that's not, like, how I am. And then they just, like, identify with the main guys who are, you know, fucking kicking ass and doing what needs to be done, when really they're the fucking... Dumb bitches who are on the TV yelling about how zombies are a threat to the economy first. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think anyone should ever prevail in movies because that gives our parents unreasonable expectations about what they're going to be able to do. Nobody should be uh, able to prevail in movies. Uh, This movie, actually, once we get to the ending, uh, I'll talk about this. had an alternate ending that was supposed to happen, and I think it rules way harder than uh, uh, what ended up happening. But, but yeah. well, yeah, that's what I'm saying for now is that no one should be allowed to 
win in movies. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think uh, people winning in movies sets a dangerous precedent for what they think will happen to their real life. Yeah. If you want to make movies realistic, make sure everybody dies too young. <laughs> yeah. Everyone dies too young. There's no good characters. Everyone's kind of shitty. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no character is ever willing to swallow their pride enough to talk to any of the other characters. Yeah. Also, there's no real plot. Things just sort of happen. That lady's uh, who the reporter of the news station, her boyfriend comes in and is like, uh, yeah, I've got a helicopter. Meet me at the roof at 9 p.m. We'll fly to safety. And then I mean, we, 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 I, I mentioned before, before there was uh, four, four survivors. survivors. We've, We've only covered two. two. Uh, the, the other two, two uh, survivors, survivors of this, of this fucking, fucking disaster, disaster. They're, they're both, both cops. cops. We meet them at a, a cop raid of, uh, not like a cop, uh, I guess it's a cop raid, but it's in like a, like a, you know, like a low-income housing block. So they fucking called that, that uh, viruses are going to spread rampantly through low-income neighborhoods. Yeah, great, great work, work on, on that. that. But like, but like while they're, while they're gearing, gearing up to go, go in, Roger, the main, the main cop, he's like chilling with uh, this guy, guy Wooly, who's, who's just like, like horribly racist. He's just, he's just like talking about how he can't, can't wait, wait to get, get in there and, there and start, start blasting, blasting up these minorities. minorities. And it's like, bro, you look like a man who only eats Taco Bell for every single meal you've ever had. <laughs> like, like maybe maybe show some respect to this culture. Yeah. Do you think he was being factual with that, or do you think? Because that could also be seen as like a foreshadowing about Western medicine or something, you know? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Never mind. Edit that out. <laughs> no, keeping that in. No, uh, edit it out. <laughs> I'm keeping that in, and I'm keeping in this argument. Uh, I don't want to have anything where I make a mistake. <laughs> but I think, I was just saying, I think. Uh, him saying that the virus is going to impact minority communities more. Maybe that's because he wants to go over there and shoot them all, but maybe it's because he's taken down Western medicine. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, uh, yeah, may- maybe, maybe this hyper racist is uh, here to take down Western medicine in a way, a very roundabout way that I can't even begin to understand. <laughs> a roundabout way that includes using multiple racial slurs but trust me he means well well yeah anyway he gets into the fucking house and starts meaning well by blasting minorities in the face just like how he said he was going to do right before he went in there and uh everyone it was actually kind of cool all the cops were like yo bro what the fuck like uh, those aren't zombies like they're fucking <laughs> they're not green dude like chill got to the point where he like shot a uh shot a family or like just you know opened up a uh, guy's door just blasted him in the face and then another cop like shoots woolly in the back which is like you know the fucking we need some more cops like that some more cops who are willing to turn on their brothers in blue at a moment's notice i think that that's like the most unrealistic thing in this whole movie including the zombie apocalypse if this was real life bro they all the cops would have just had woolies back and then they would have been like oh we're doing one of these raids and then they just would have killed everyone it's like yeah there were way more zombies there like we to see more news stories where a cop gets shot seven times in the back by another cop <laughs> yeah I, i'd love it if it was like yeah just fucking 12 times in the back all the other cops around him have no ammunition anymore, but they also didn't see anything happen. 
But uh, my man, my man Roger, uh, he's like the cop we were following. He like you know continues doing this fucking pass through the house. He meets up with the cop who shot Wooly in the basement. His name's Steven. And together, uh, Roger's also like, hey, I know a guy with a helicopter. Yeah. What say you and me skedaddle? And now we got a fucking movie on our hands. Now we got the plot rolling. Now we got some initial action. We're on a nice little fucking uh, rising action right now. <laughs> now we got all our, the fucking gang together. Roger and Steven go up, meet up with Peter and his uh, girlfriend, Fran. And uh, they fucking hop in their helicopter and uh, fly to safety. Not to safety, but to a different place that's dangerous. <laughs> different dangerous place? You get what I'm saying. <laughs> Some different other danger. How come there are so many ladies named Fran in movies? Like, this is like the third or fourth movie we've watched where the main lady's name is Fran, and it upsets me a little. I think it's because when somebody's name is Fran, I assume that they have all the qualities of, like, a grandma. Like, if your name is Fran, I don't think you've ever done anything bad in the world. I don't think you've ever said a swear word. And I think all you do is bake cookies and perpetuity. Oh, I thought you were saying bake cookies and perpetuate the patriarchy. Oh, yeah, why not? I guess that's the third thing. France just like it's a you know it's an easy name it's sympathetic like what if they you know named her Veronica now you think she's a bad girl now you think that oh I bet she's I bet I bet she's stringing a couple of guys on before this zombie apocalypse broke off I bet she wasn't texting guys back how am I supposed to relate to this character all the zombies are guys she didn't text back <laughs> yeah <laughs> those are the real Walking Dead my boys left on red. <laughs> Guys, she ignored while she was smoking one of her long, rich lady cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, one of uh, her long Simon Glassman cigarettes. That's a Edmonton comedy joke. I saw. I think probably the most 1970s thing I've seen in this movie, which is uh, they all uh, they're smoking darts in the helicopter. Yep. Which just fucking it didn't even occur to me that you could do that. Very 1970s. Very 1970s. Man, I think that if a zombie apocalypse happens, I'm bringing back the 70s. Like, I'm just going to start smoking inside. Like, if there's zombies outside, there's no fucking way I'm stepping out for a dart, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's probably the logic of it, right? Like, the reason everyone started smoking inside back in the day was because what if wolves saw your cigarette and came and ate you? Exactly, and the reason we started smoking outside is because we uh, killed all the wolves. Yeah, we conquered the wolves, but then I'm sure that there will come a time where there's another predator, right? Or zombies, for example, because that's sort of the circle of life. Yes, you can never be the apex predator for too long. (laughs) That's one thing they don't teach you. On their way to their uh, shopping mall sanctuary, they stop at a gas station to fucking gas up the uh, helicopter. And, and uh, <laughs> need some helicopter gas. Yeah, yep. need, need some, some helicopter, helicopter gas. gas. Little, little known. known. <laughs> Good thing there's, there's a helicopter, helicopter gas, gas station, station in the middle, in the middle of, of this fucking field. Oh, well, pull uh, over on that cloud. There's a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, there's helicopter service stations every 15 clouds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fucking insane to just be able to land your helicopter in a gas station and just be like, oh, nice, they got my fucking copter blend. Maybe we just think that's weird because we don't live in California. 
Yeah, we and, and, down to Hollywood, we would start seeing people land their helicopters in gas stations all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was going to do a Kobe Bryant joke, but I don't want to. I've decided. Oh, man, you should. That would be sick. <laughs> nah, maybe for the Patreon, subscribe. Hey, follow us on the, the Patreon that we haven't made yet if you guys want to hear my Kobe Bryant joke that I thought of. Hey, landing a helicopter in the gas station? Not me. I I would crash the helicopter. I prefer crashing it and ending my successful basketball career. <laughs> uh, you don't need to tell me that. Um, yeah, the only uh, huge thing I really want to mention about this uh, gas station pit stop is uh, uh, while they're, like, you know, fucking around, fueling that bitch up... Uh, uh, Steven goes into the gas station and there's like some fucking zombie kids in there and he has to like shoot two kids dead <laughs> that was my favorite part of the movie yeah that was awesome I love that that's like the first I, no that's not the first zombie kill but it's in like the first 15 minutes of the movie that they kill not just like one kid like two kids they kill yeah that part of the movie taught our parents that disciplining your child is okay I mean, I think it taught our parents that strangers disciplining our kids is okay. Oh, yeah. That part of the movie is why when I was 11 years old and I went to the Royal Alberta Museum in Drumheller, I got yelled at by an old lady. Yeah, I'm sure you deserved it. And uh, I'm sure she would have yelled at your sister, too, had she been able to find her in time. You know why? We got yelled at because me and my friend were running around the museum and we were doing that thing where you spread your lips apart and then say i live on a pirate ship and i eat apples oh classic yeah it's a classic bit it comes out hilarious uh and then this old lady just screamed at us and then my mom got mad at her it was awesome yeah that 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 is awesome one time uh my sister was at a petting zoo and was holding a chicken and a lady swooped in and was like, hey, you're not allowed to hold the chicken. But she, like, screamed it and said it very rudely. And then my dad went in and uh, started yelling at the lady. And then our whole family got removed from the petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> sister really ruined that holiday for you guys. It was honestly the high. That's literally the only part of that. I don't remember where we went. <laughs> I don't remember where that happened. I don't remember any other parts of that vacation apart from uh, my dad confronted uh, a lady and we got removed from a petting zoo. Does a petting zoo have security to remove you or do you pretty much have to just like be cool about it? It's uh, it's it, you pray to God that you leave when they tell you. Yeah, they're really I, I assume that the animals are the security. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's smart. They would get one of the lions to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they'd get, you know, one of the bigger goats or, like, a... He's a boomer to Get this it. guy out of here. <laughs> yeah, they got a fucking rooster to chase you. <laughs> that's a good petting zoo riff. That is a good petting zoo riff. Oh, also, I, I, I will say, they had a pretty fucking tight-ass zombie kill here where uh, one of the zombies, like, walked into the rotors or the rotating blades of the helicopter and, like, got his head sliced off and blood exploded everywhere. Yeah, I thought that was tight, but I thought it was unrealistic, to be honest. Uh, I thought it was hyper-realistic. My favorite part about that effect, though, was that, uh, like, that zombie gets introduced, like, five minutes before his head gets sliced off, and when he first got introduced, I was just thinking, like, huh, that guy's got a pretty tall top of the head. (laughs) 
wonder if uh, that's going to come off later. And then it did. Seems like it might have been artificially extended. <laughs> My man's got an extendo forehead. I also want to say uh, the guy who did all the special effects for this movie, his name's Tom Savini. Uh, he fucking rules. He's like the special effects king in Hollywood movies. Like he fucking he did uh, like all the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth. Like every if if you name a fucking classic horror movie, I guarantee you Tom Savini did the effects for it. But also he was supposed to do the uh, he was supposed to do all the effects for the original, like Dawn of the Dead, uh, but wasn't able to because he had to go fight in Vietnam. And then uh, he learned a ton about blood and, uh, you know, shit coming off. And he uh, applied all of that to doing a great job in Dawn of the Dead. Do you think that um, that's where the generation that made all these movies, like, learned about special effects was just by watching guys get shot in Vietnam? Yeah, I think that's why... uh... I think that's why practical effects got so goddamn good at that time. Because, you know, they found out what it was like to, you know, burn down a village. Now now they know what that looks like. It's hard to picture in your own head. It sucks, they had to fi- uh, it sucks how they had to find it out. But, you know, quite frankly, I'm glad that they know it. Yeah, it was good for mankind. What happens next? Our uh, group of four, or a group of uh, three fellows, one lady, they uh, touch down at the roof of the mall. Amen. Um, Do we know what mall it is, or are they just going to a mall? We, it's, in real life, it was, uh, I forget the name of the mall, but it was in Monroeville, uh, I think. Uh, I don't know the state. Whatever city, state Monroeville is in was the state. Shout out to our listeners in Monroeville. Oh yeah, shout out to our listeners in Monroeville. Also, shout out to all our listeners in India. We got a growing <laughs> Indian fan base, and I fucking love it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the fucking gang gets to the mall. They touch down on the roof of this bad boy, and uh, the cops, uh, you know, they go into it themselves and just like tactically clear everything out, like go through. Uh, you know, like, in malls, they've got, like, all those weird back tunnel systems going on? Amen. Uh, that's where these guys choose to set up their home base. Like, the cops go in, they clear all that shit out. Which, like... Do you think that, like, getting to tactically clear out a room just, like, kind of reminded them of simpler times? <laughs> that was, like, just a nice escape from the stressful zombie apocalypse. They just got to do some regular police shit. Yeah. You boys remember drug deals? Feels oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, he, like, kicks down a door. He's like, oh, that takes me back. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, how I started cooking during the pandemic to remind me of having a job. Yeah. But I think, like, I don't know. Setting it in a mall is kind of goofy, but I also think it's super realistic because every time I go to a mall, I always imagine a guy's hiding with a gun in the back rooms of it. Yes, and I always imagine that I'm the guy with the gun hiding in the back rooms of it. I always think about how fun that would be for me to uh, sneak around and steal things and survive. Because that's what ends up happening is, like, they all just fucking end up, like, you know, taking over that back room or whatever as, like, a little safe zone where they can conduct operations out of. They just, like, go into the mall, you know, like, there's uh, they forge for supplies, get a bunch of shit, bring it all back there, and, like, set up a nice little living space for themselves. But yeah, they set up their base. And, and then, then, like, most of the movie after that is literally just shopping spree sequences. Like, it's... They go into a department store and get a bunch of shit for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
probably the most you'll ever need to grocery shop is during a zombie apocalypse. It's the only time when I could go into a grocery store and actually buy all the shit that I need to buy because it's free and I can steal it. Yeah, so all the shopping montages kind of work for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the <laughs> the, the shopping montages were kind of, like, they were fun. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, it's fun to imagine, like we were saying before, this is, I think about this shit all the time. But, like, there's no substance. It's just them going around and, like, trying on hats, getting different guns. At one point, they uh, get a haircut or, like, they're getting ha- they're giving each other haircuts. And I'm like, holy, f- this is just what's happening right now. It's like we're in the middle of the apocalypse. People have demanded that malls are open, and now we're getting haircuts at them. It's like it- George A. Romero nailed this. It's just depressing that uh, the shit that people are doing in a zombie apocalypse is also the shit that we're doing now. Yeah, it is depressing. But I think, if nothing else, this movie taught our parents what they should do in COVID. Yes, it taught them uh, not what they should do, but what they uh, will do. Yeah. I mean, at least we can give the movie credit for that. At least we can. I mean, I don't know. uh... George A. Romero uses uh, the zombies in the mall as uh, an allegory for, like, fucking mindless shoppers going out and uh uh you know wasting their lives at the mall mindlessly consuming like zombies um and even like the protagonists point this out in the movie but i love that they point that out and then they just like go back to shopping (laughs) and like fucking around and getting haircuts they're like yeah but it's different if you need this stuff it's different if you're conscious of it (laughs) it's only sad when you don't know what you're doing yeah, that's why it's like cool to have a drinking problem when you joke about how you have one. That's, that's why true. You're allowed to do anything you want as long as you're self-aware about it. Uh, you shouldn't be, but unfortunately, that's uh, where we're at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, end up like slowly, kind of. Most of the middle chunk of this movie is just, like, about them fortifying the mall and, like, trying to set up defenses. And I don't know what their plan is, that they're just, like, going to kill all the zombies in the mall, block off all the exits, and then live there until they die? Yeah, I guess, right? I guess so. I thought they were planning on sort of, like, repopulating the world using the mall as their hospital. (laughs) One can only assume, but, like... I don't know, man. Mall is like a place to raise their kids, but also birth their kids, but also have sex and create their kids. Yeah. That's just... Mall's a one-stop shop. (laughs) Now more than ever. I guess that's sort of an allegory for it. (laughs) Precisely. Yeah, they lock themselves in the mall. Just fucking... That was like the... That's kind of the problem I have with everything in the zombie apocalypse genre. It's like, what's the point here? Why do you even want to survive? Like, being alive doesn't sound tight right now. Yeah, you're right. And I always picture myself as a guy who's going to just run into a horde of zombies as soon as the apocalypse starts. But I think that, uh, I do think that maybe it's sort of like a drive to survive, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, there definitely is a drive to survive, but it is fucking pointless. And I think it, uh, I think that like animals have that, like animals without higher reasoning have that drive to survive. But like the reason that humans kill themselves is because we're smart as fuck. 
It's because we can see how fucked up everything is, and now there's no point. Back down. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I, I dumbass hawks and eagles and shit. They don't <laughs> notice when everything's fucked. Yeah, they're too busy flying around to realize that capitalism is fucked and that there's no point to any of this. Too busy flying around in the sky to realize the chips are stacked against them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like while they're clearing out the mall and shit, uh, Steven, the, hel- uh, the helicopter pilot, he like reveals them to be, uh, uh, reveals himself to be a dog shit at surviving. He just like keeps accidentally either shooting his friends or like getting eaten by zombies. And they keep having to like get him out of sticky situations. He's always hanging his leg out of windows and shit. Yeah, and, like, he's always, like, getting pissed off that people are, like, that uh, the two cops aren't taking him out on, like, their rounds around the mall. So he, like, sneaks out himself and, like, gets himself in danger. Just a real fucking bastard. Uh, so his girlfriend starts to pick up on the fact that I think he uh, that he's going to be, like, the uh, first guy to die in this movie. Uh, which, like, he wasn't, so good for Steven, but... She's getting vibes that he's not going to survive, so she's just like, hey, maybe uh, teach me how to drive the helicopter so that knowledge isn't lost forever. (laughs) (laughs) When you forget which way the gun goes off. And that is our progressive queen for the movie. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would love to call this lady a progressive queen, but she doesn't do anything. Literally, this dude, this entire movie, she sits tight and then gets pregnant. Well, she saves the skill of flying to pass it down to future generations. Okay. That's just your internalized sexism coming in. Okay, okay. So she sits tight, learned one thing, and then got uh, is pregnant. Like, that's the whole function she serves in the movie. And she was... Uh, and she gets fed up. She's also like, I want to leave this mall, which, like, come on, lady. You're literally... You're eating stolen caviar in a back room. That was my favorite part. Uh, that I could watch a three-hour movie of uh, just the part where they had a bunch of caviar and Jack Daniels, and they were just chilling together in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I liked that part of the movie. Living better than I ever have. There was a lot of chill sequences in this movie for how much of a zombie flick it was. A lot of this movie is pretty chill, which is fun. Like It has a nice... Uh, I guess kind of hang out, do nothing atmosphere. Like, there's a lot of movies I really like where, you know, there's no fucking plot to them and it's just like friends palling around. And this was like almost that genre, uh, except there was just horror elements. I, I guess, guess we'll, we'll talk, talk more about, about Fran, uh, Fran's pregnancy. pregnancy. You kind of you find out about it, like, in the second half of the movie. You know, she's... You got the classic morning sequence, or sorry, morning uh, sickness sequence where she's like, you know, puking her guts out over the fucking toilet. And then her uh, boyfriend, Steven, comes in and tries to comfort her. And she's just like, it's my problem. And it's like, man, if I was your boyfriend, I would have just been like, okay. And then that you would have never seen me again. Yeah, I mean, that's the line that taught her parents that it's her body, her choice. I would have been like, okay, thank you. And then uh, taking my name off all official documents. I don't know, man. I think Fran is a girl boss in this movie, to be honest with you. Can you imagine getting pregnant and then not letting the guy who got you pregnant help at all? That's like sort of a boss-ass move. That is a pretty boss-ass move. I will say I think that she wanted help. 
at least that was the vibe that I got. Like she would have liked help, but she didn't trust Stephen, a man who keeps almost dying to uh, provide her with that help. Yeah, exactly. And that part of the movie taught our parents that sometimes the boy is bad or something. <laughs> Um, I really like the 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 solution that was like proposed to this issue. Like, you find out that she's uh, pregnant, and then uh, Stevens just like, uh, "Do you want me to handle that? Like, I know how to give you an abortion." Or like, he knows he says that he knows how to do abortions. It's like, bro, we all kind of know how to do abortions. Yeah, we could all figure out an abortion if one was placed on a table in front of us absolutely i I could improv an abortion i don't have any doubt in my mind that i could yes and my way through an abortion but like it's gonna be messy (laughs) (laughs) i also love that he like has the confidence to like bring that up like I don't know how do you even know the uh, how do you ever find out that you have what it takes to like carry out an abortion like this guy's not a doctor he's a cop like it's an unrelated field this should never come up in his line of work how does he know he can do it enough that he's willing to put his word behind it yeah just like offhandedly like dude if if i'm in a room and someone's like hey does anyone know how to roll a joint i won't i won't say yes because i don't want to like do a bad job yeah you know and this guy's just like down to abort yeah, I mean, that's just the difference between you and other types of guys, though. You know? <laughs> You're a yeah. male, self-conscious guy, and, uh, you know, Steven is an alpha male, and he's the one who gets hot babes and stuff. <laughs> Do you think uh, maybe the fact that this movie is all uh, gearing up montage, dress-up sequence, do you think maybe that's a commentary on consumerism? Yeah. I also think the fact that it takes place in the mall the whole time is also a commentary on consumerism. Oh, big time, yes. Well, that's like the whole mall with zombie things. It's like trying to be like, uh, the the shoppers are the real zombies. Like, dude, if this movie came out today, like if if it came out uh, fucking right now in modern times, uh, the mall would be a cell phone and the zombies would be people on their cell phones and everyone would think this movie sucks. <laughs> the mall would be a cell phone and... And all the people would be individual TikTok accounts. (laughs) Yeah, and no one would watch this, and uh, George A. Romero would die in obscurity. Well, thank God that it came out a long time ago then. Let's talk about uh, Roger. I should have pointed this out at the beginning, but uh, Roger, uh, as we mentioned before, he is a cop. And uh, also, he, uh, you can, if you pay close attention, he's still wearing his uh, high school senior class ring. So, uh, you know, this guy's a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think I even know anyone who actually got a high school ring. Do you have any? Do you know anyone who did? I know one guy who got a high school class ring, and he had no friends, and he was sick for almost all of high school. So I don't know why he got it. Uh, I don't know. But he has it. <laughs> Probably just to lie to himself. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe he missed so much high school that he didn't realize nobody else bought this fucking stupid ring. 
Maybe he missed so much high school that he didn't realize that it sucks for everybody and everyone hates it and doesn't want to remember it. Yeah, he was just, like, really sick at home having a chill-ass time. <laughs> just vibing. High school, we, they had it so, like, they wouldn't make them for the whole graduating class because no one ever wanted them. You could just order them individually. That was how it was for mine, too. Yeah, they also started doing this thing where you could just get a custom design on it. So it's like eventually they just realized that no one wanted a class ring, but they were like, yeah, maybe we can still hustle some jewelry. <laughs> maybe we can still sell some rings. <laughs> they don't want a class ring, but maybe they want a dolphin ring. Hey, no, you don't want a class ring, but things are getting pretty serious with your girlfriend. Oh, that would be so funny. Your high school starts selling engagement rings. Yeah, we 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 do class rings. We do promise rings. That's you it. You can either send your crush a rose, and that'll let her know you like her, or you can send her a full ten carat diamond engagement ring. Yeah, of course, if you really like her, <laughs> you can take a look at this catalog. Let's wrap this bitch up. Uh, this movie ends with a biker invasion of uh the shopping mall they see the lady getting her uh helicopter lessons <laughs> up top and that like leads them to uh you know the mall full of people and uh the guy leading the motorcycle gang is tom savini the special effects guy we were talking about earlier yep he deserves uh, the cameo yeah he honestly quite frankly deserves a lot more than the camp he, he deserves the world but uh yeah, they uh, the bikers invade. Uh, only kind of notable things I want to talk about the uh, uh, mention about this scene is that uh, the music that they uh, used in all of this is from Class of 1984. <laughs> it was like both movies just like got the free, not free, but like there's like a, a fucking libra- a sound library is what they call it, where it's just full of like you know, elevator music and just, like, generic shit. Anyway, they both got a bunch of the same tracks. And so they have... Class of 1984 in this movie have very similar soundtracks. It's so funny that out of a whole library of sounds, both movies picked, like, the same song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about uh, electronic uh, ambient terror. Uh, It's very 1980s horror movie. Yeah, I guess they do have similar themes, though, the movies. Bad? Yeah. Things are bad, and it's the 80s? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what a theme of a movie is. <laughs> the theme of every movie is either bad or good. <laughs> bad, good, comma, decade. And that that's how you classify every movie. Yeah, that's the movie decimal system. Uh, yeah, also, like... Uh, <laughs> When the bikers like pull up to the mall, I don't I don't know why they did it, but I really like that they did it. The they all just like rushed a woman's clothing store. Did you did you catch that? Yeah, they just like <laughs> they just tackled it. Yeah, they, and it's like none of there weren't any like mall survivors hanging out there. They were just like, oh fuck, I haven't seen a woman's blouse in months. Yeah, they just got a little horned. I think. I think that is what happened because like you know picture this, it you know the the zombie apocalypse has happened. Uh, porn, uh, porn, and pictures of boobs—just a distant memory. <laughs> and they're like, we need some damn mannequins. Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're horny as fuck. You're hiding in a in a weird bunker with nine other bikers. You haven't had time to jerk off. 
You get to the mall. You're telling me the first place you go isn't a women's clothing store to jack off to mannequins? You're a fucking liar. That's where, that's where I'm going even if I have seen a woman recently. <laughs> I really, I wish that all the bikers, like, rushed the women's clothing store and then they were just, like, in women's clothes for the remainder of the movie. Yeah, they just beat the shit out of everybody in women's clothes. That would have been progressive. But, but yeah, the, the movie ends, uh, uh, it ends with, um... Our man Peter gets uh, eaten by zombies. He gets bit. He gets turned. Uh, the whole mall is like overrun by bikers, by a uh, zombie horde now. And uh, uh, Fran, our uh, first lady of this movie, uh, she makes the heroic decision to uh, fly to safety mm-hmm. via the, the helicopter. helicopter. And then Peter, or sorry, uh, Stephen, uh, one of the cops, he uh, is like, D- I'll defend you as you leave. I, I got your back. And it just seems like one of those scenarios where he didn't need to. Yeah. You know, like she, they could have both just gone. Just seemed like he just really felt like dying. And yeah. And he did. Cause like he's, you know, those fucking zombies are at the door. He's been hanging out there for like five minutes. He definitely could have met her by now. And he's just like got the gun to his head about to kill himself. And then the zombies burst into the room, and he's like, actually, fuck this. I'm not going to kill myself. And then instead of, like, turning the gun on zombies and, like, shooting his way out of there, he just, like, starts punching his way through. And, like, cowboy music is playing. I love that. You can't fault a guy for uh, finding his true self. Absolutely not. But he decides he doesn't want to die, fights his way up to the roof. And uh, then him and Fran fly to, I don't know about safety, but they fly off and credits roll. I mean, is there a better way to end a movie? Yes. The alternate ending of this movie uh, was uh, supposed to be, uh, so uh, Steven, you know how he was about to kill himself? Yeah. So in the alternate ending, Steven did kill himself. He suicides. He blasts himself in the face with the gun as he was gearing up to. And then uh, Fran, our first lady, uh, she also uh, suicides by uh, she turns on the uh, helicopter and then cuts her head off in the rotors. Oh, so the movie, the alternate ending is just every character kills themselves. Yeah, except with a little bit of foreshadowing from the how the zombie got his head chopped off at the gas station earlier. And, and then, then also, also the cheating, dude. Like that's like if I was like, uh, yeah, man, I thought of an alternate ending to the movie The Titanic. It's where every passenger on the boat kills themselves the day before the boat voyage. That's an alternate. I'm not saying that's a good alternate ending, but it's an alternate ending by definition. But I just feel like it's cheating. In, In another context, context yeah, yeah, but honestly, dude, I, I think, think that giving them a happy ending is cheating. Nothing good is going to happen to any of these people. You know, like, nothing good has happened to them so far. Everything's been fucked. Why do they deserve a happy ending, you know? like Because the cops are here, and this is America. And so, naturally, I thought everything would have resolved itself smoothly. Yeah, you're dead wrong. (laughs) Well... Whose fault I mean, is that? Actually, that's not true. In the in, in the movie, in the in the ending they did go with, it did resolve itself. Not smoothly, but it resolved itself. Um, but in this one, and also uh, the helicopter blades were like supposed to immediately stop rotating after she killed herself, which would assume that even if, or uh, which like you know shows that if they were to escape, 
then they would have run out of gas immediately and they would have been fucked either way. Oh, fuck. I actually, I changed my mind. I like that alternate ending way more than this ending. I also like that way more. Yeah, that's dope as hell. Yeah, that is dope as hell. Because, like, with this, I mean, they fly off and it's like, now what? You guys, they just looking for another mall? <laughs> yeah, they're just going mall to mall, defending what they can. They're like, let's try a strip mall this time. I think that's going to go better. I think that's where we went wrong. Not enough outdoor space. Strip mall. Just hiding from zombies amongst like a 7-Eleven, an EB Games, a home hardware, and like a shoe store that you've never heard of. Uh, But yeah, that's fucking Dawn of the Dead. What do you think of that? How do you feel? I also thought it was all right. I thought it was a little bloated. I don't know. What did Uh, it teach their parents? I think it uh, taught them a thing or two about consumerism at all costs. You know, look down on those that consume the way that they look down on the zombies while also consuming even more themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that is key. I think uh, I think that um, they learn to keep malls open no matter what. Yep. I think they learned a thing or two about the necessity of haircuts during the end times. Uh, how do you feel about it? Do we need to re-release it, remake it, re-edit it, re-educate it? Uh, this movie did have a remake uh, a little while ago, actually. They're not. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know who was in that? Hmm. The funny dad from Modern Family. Oh, Phil Dunphy. Phil, he was in it. Shout out to him. I almost rented that movie by accident instead of this one. You wouldn't have been disappointed. It was a really good movie. Oh, really? Because on the illegal version of the '78 one that I watched, I all I saw. There was only four comments, and two of them were talking about how the 2004 remake sucked. Yeah, the thing with the YouTube comments is that no one knows what they're talking about, except for me when I comment on videos. Uh, Well, the thing about me is anytime anyone says anything to me, I just treat it like it's fact. So I have (laughs) trouble weeding out what's real from the YouTube comments. Honestly, I do wish Fran had more of a role. I think she uh, could have played more of a Voice of Reason character. And maybe pointed out, like, just doing, you know, apocalypse shopping sprees is not sustainable. I think this whole movie should have been just a zombie giving a sex ed lesson. Yeah. And that's my progressive remake of it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. A zombie in a classroom goes to the front and talks about all the different parts of the human anatomy. And then that's the end. Yeah. So, uh, it's called Dong of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, George A. Romero's dead. He's never going to be able to make that. But, uh, maybe we can take up the helm and make the zombie sex ed masterpiece that this movie was supposed to be. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you guys liked it, follow us uh, at Your Parents Watch or fuck, follow us at YPWT. Uh, pod on Instagram. Follow me, Keen underscore BD. Follow Brad. I hate Brad. Oh yeah. Also, uh, we're partnered. Oh yeah. Big fucking shout out to our uh, uh, proprietor, uh, comedy here often. Check out all their other podcasts. Uh, yeah, we love you. Mwah.